If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, April 14th, and we are here to help you answer the unanswerable. Eh, Pretty much everything's answerable in the financial world. We are here to help you figure out where you need to go next in your financial journey. How about that? That's a more open way of putting it. We do this by having you send us an email question, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Or if you're on our website, if you're on the jillonmoney.com website, click on the contact button. It's very easy. And don't forget to tell us if you would like to join us on the air. Because as we learned yesterday, When you come on the air, you might get a different kind of a response because I ask a lot of follow-up questions. It's a richer experience. It really is. So if you're nervous, just change your name, change some of the details, like where you're from. One person, we won't say who, uh, used a faux accent, which may be one of our favorite things we've heard so far this year. Is that right, Mark? Wouldn't you say? That was the best. Yeah. It was amazing. Okay. So without further ado, let us bring James on the program with us. James is from the Bay Area in California, and we just wanted to make sure that James had plenty of time. Relax. He asked very good questions before we got on the air. He was, should I take notes? No, don't take notes. Just talk to me. So James, what can we do for you? Thanks, Jill, for taking my call. This is a fantastic experience. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've got a bunch of questions that have to do with, of course, retirement. Uh, I'm in the process of turning a corner, so I thought I would uh, check in with you. Great. Uh, The basic questions are basically, uh, am I on track to have the option to retire at the age of 62? Um, That's not something that's set in stone, but I want to have the option. 
I also I'm a little concerned that I've got this tax liability time bomb that's going to uh, that's set to go off in retirement, like I think I do. Uh, what can be done about it? Uh, should I do some conversions, et cetera, et cetera? And we can get into the details a bit later. Um, and finally, where should I pull my money from to live um, from the age of 62 to 70? Let's get to the actual data. James, how old are you? I'm 59 and a half. Only people who know about retirement will actually say 59 and a half, but yes. congratulations. Are you Thank married? You. Uh, yes, I am. And is your spouse the same age, older, younger? She's 59, so she's okay. a full four months younger. Oh, well, younger yeah. woman, cradle yes. robber. And how much do you earn, James? Uh, I earn 260 to 290 depending on bonus mm -hmm. uh, per year. And what about her? Uh, she doesn't work outside the house. Okay, got it. Kids? Uh, two, but they're grown and launched. Yes. Love yes. that. So no happy. No on that part. Also, I'm very proud of that. God, that's great. When you retire, are you working in a place that provides a pension plan? No, there is no okay. pension. And it sounds from what you're describing that you would plan to claim Social Security at age 70, right? That's the goal, yes. Okay, got it. Uh, all right, now let's talk about what you got. First of all, uh, tell me um, the easy stuff, like the house. You have a house um, in the Bay Area. It must be worth a lot of money. How much? Yes, it is worth $1.8 God. Yes. What was it worth 10 years ago? Give me that. I just got to know. Oh, gosh. I'm not sure I was following it 10 years ago. I've been in the house for 20 years, so I can tell you 20 years okay, ago. Okay, 20 years ago. What did you buy uh, it for? 550 <gasps> Isn't that something, Mark? Takes your breath away. What's the outstanding mortgage on that, James? Uh, three hundred. The rate? Uh, I'm in the process of a refinance uh, from three and five eighths down to three and one eighth. Are you going to refi for twenty years, fifteen years? Uh, I'm doing the thirty years. Okay, thirty years. Okay, good. Okay, now let's get into the assets. Let's start with non-qualified, also known as non-retirement. What's your emergency reserve fund look like? Uh, I've got about uh, 12 months worth of, of cash on hand for emergency reserve. And that's, uh, I've, I've allocated myself a very generous 10,000 a month to live off of. So that's about 120 K. Okay. What about other non-retirement accounts? I do have a brokerage account through Vanguard mm -hmm. and that is up to about 2.3 million. Woo! All yeah. right. I was hoping that would be your response. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Uh, use index funds, stocks. What do you use in there? Uh, yeah, it's actually fair, uh, probably over diversified even, but it, it, I do have plenty of index funds in stocks, various uh, categories of that, and, and also some bond funds too. Okay, good. Perfect. Okay. Anything else? Any um, company stock that's unvested or that's due to vest or anything like that that, that you will be looking at in the next few years? Yeah, there, there's a, a, a on the order of about two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars worth of company stock due to vest over the course of probably three to four years. So that may take me out past retirement. I may have to walk away from some of that. All right, that's fine. Um, okay, now is that it for non-retirement accounts? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. let's talk. Let's talk retirement. What do you have? Yeah. Well, there I've got nine hundred and fifty k in a four hundred one k. Okay. Traditional. Uh, what about for your wife? Does she have any IRA? Did she do any spousal stuff or did you always make too much money? Yeah, it was, I was typically up there. Okay. And any other assets in retirement? 
Uh, no, that that I think is about the the entirety of it, right? Okay. There. All right. So when you said the tax liability from the time bomb, very Ed slot of you to use that terminology. Are you talking about the nine hundred fifty in the four hundred one k? I'm talking about that and also some uh, long-term capital gains mm-hmm. over in the brokerage account. When you look at your Social Security benefit at age 70, what, what is it that it is estimating for you? Uh, it's estimating 4100 per month. Plus uh, half of that for your wife, right? Uh, I hadn't thought about that part. I'm not uh, well yes. versed in Social Security. Yes. How you forgot going. about her two grand, baby. Oh, she gets, oh, she gets half of yours. Yes. In addition to that 4100 Yeah. Pretty good, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> you're, you're in. So basically, as a non-working spouse, you get to claim half of your working spouse's benefit. So the idea here is that because you've delay, you plan on delaying it, that delay builds up that amount to 4100 right? Because if we looked at your full retirement age, it would be in the threes. But as you know, waiting till 70, you get that extra 8% a year and boom, you're at 4100 But what you don't realize and which uh, many people do actually forget is that your spouse gets half of your benefit. So instead of 4100 a month, you will actually get more like 6150 a month because that's your benefit and half of your benefit is what she can claim. Put it together. Now you got 6100 bucks. Pretty good, okay. right? Oh, that would be excellent. Now, one question with that, though, is mm. is it truly half of my benefit that she gets? Because yes. she has not been working for the bulk of this time. So yeah. She has yeah. Her own benefit. You could say zero. She could have made zero dollars in her entire life and she still gets half of your benefit. Okay. Well, why does this seem like the, the world's closest held secret here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Until you get closer to those ages of claiming, sorry, those are my dogs. Um, until you get close to actually contemplating retirement, I think it's tough because you don't really focus on that. But yeah, non-working spouse will get half of your um, of your benefit that you get to claim, which is pretty awesome, right? Very awesome. Okay, very good. By, right. by the way, with the dogs, uh, I I can relate. I hope you saw the picture I sent in. Of course, I yes. love okay, it. And good. and and now I'm just looking at that dog. Is that a mix of a of some sort of terrier and something else? We think she's a Springer Spaniel of some sort, but that's that's just what we've been told. She was a rescue dog, so we don't have she's any. She's beautiful. Birth. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's great. So that's number one. So are you on track for 62? Yes, absolutely. There's no doubt. You can do this. Okay. I I presume that what you're doing right now anyway, is you're maxing out your retirement. So you're getting 26 grand a year into your retirement. That's number one. So even if you just did that for a couple more years, that gets you up over your million and you're also saving money in your non-retirement assets. Okay. So two parts of this. One is that We'll have to see what the rules are when you turn 62, right? And if you really do decide to retire, because it may make sense for you to start converting that 401, when you retire, converting that 401k into a Roth, but it really depends on where tax rates are. So for example, the reason why I think it could be interesting for you is that instead of being in, let's call it the 24% tax bracket, you could actually find yourselves in the 12, maybe 12, 22% tax bracket. And so it might make sense to take some of that 401k when you're retiring. We really have to judge this based on where tax rates are then, because you can't do anything with this right now. You could conceivably take the money, convert it at this lower tax rate, and you control your tax destiny at that point. 
Let's talk about the brokerage account. You know, the good news is you got a lot of gains. And I presume you don't have any losses that are in there. Are you harvesting any losses right now? No. Are there any losses that you know of? Not anymore. Oh, my I, gosh. I did, I did the big uh, shift way back in 2008 at the bottom, I think it was, uh-huh. into my current uh, allocation. And so ever since then, it's all been upside. I mean, you got to pay your taxes. What can I tell you? I mean, that's the issue. So what I would say is this. I mean, you can take some of these gains a little bit along the way if you want to limit this. So for example, right now, your long-term capital gains rate is 15%. It's not terrible. And maybe you want to start to cycle out of some of these holdings, not a lot, but some of your holdings in the next year or two to get yourself the cash because you're going to need the money from this account. This is the account you're going to pull from, from age 62 to 70, your brokerage account. And so what that means is you're going to need that $10,000 a month from this account. Okay. You're going to need to have the money that's in this account pay for some of your needs. What I think is going to be important is that you've I think you probably want to know that you have a couple of years that's in that's in cash before you actually step down. My other sense for you is that just talking to you for 2 seconds is that now that I've told you you can easily retire at age 62 is that you may not want to. And I think that your big struggle is going to be, how am I going to leave this money on the table of this company stock? It's not enough money that would ever keep me in a job I don't like. But if you're very happy and you can still keep working and you're you're sort of flourishing, um, at whatever point you decide to stop working, don't worry. Leave the money on the table. Who cares? How long have you been at this company? Uh, 25 years. I mean, it could be that you sort of negotiate out with them, that you give them a long runway. Hey, I would love to, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But gee, I really would like to be able to hold on to my stock. How can I do that? And you can negotiate. That's one of those things that you may be able to negotiate. Maybe you do some, maybe you do some contract work. Maybe you go part-time. I don't know if they allow that, but it depends on the organization. I wouldn't get myself too crazy because again, 15% tax bracket is pretty low, but I think the more important issue is that you will have some, you're going to have some time. I don't know. Is your organization the type of organization that would allow you to work some, do part-time work or not? I think that's a possibility. Because I'm wondering, hmm, this is interesting. So if you were to do part-time and your tax rate went to, instead of 12, maybe you went down to 22%, I would still start thinking about converting some of the money because maybe, uh, you know, or, or taking some of the capital gains. I really would. I, I, I just think that there's a lot of opportunity here. You just want to harvest the gains with enough time that you know you've got the money safely set aside and limit the hit. I mean, if you're limiting the hit to a 15% tax long-term capital gains and you are earning just, you know, enough to stay in, say, 22% and converting a little bit of money along the way, I think that's a pretty good game plan. I really do. That's interesting. I I mean, I'm not the first that has spoken with you about this idea of doing conversions a little bit at a time to remain below a certain tax bracket. About where do you think is that cutoff where it becomes desirable to do so, but then the moment you breach into, say, the 32% bracket? Yes. I think think for you, it would be tough for me to think that you would want to go above 24%, right? So right now, the married filing jointly, 24% is up to 330. You said that you guys make, you know, 
290 ish, let's say. Yeah, but, let's, but the, you know, the RUs push, push me past that uh, all the time right now. Okay. So, so I think if you could stay in, the, if you can convert at 24%, I would love that. That would be great. Look, you might like working part time. You might say 62 to 65, and I work part time and I get like my whole house in order. And by the time I'm at my full retirement age, 65, 66, I'm done. It's sweet. I like that idea. Personally, I would have a little bit more money in cash coming into my 62 time horizon instead of just one year. I'd probably have two years in in the bank. So it would probably be more like 250. Some of that you don't really, you won't need it all, but it'll be good to have a little extra cash cushion if you do start converting at that time. And then also, I don't know where tax rates are going, right? Right now for someone like you, even if you make 350 grand with the RSUs vesting, right? You're still in a 15% long-term capital gains rate. And I think that's a damn good rate to start taking some gains off the table. Yeah, that part's good. Um, I've always been curious. Um, back in 2008, we were we worked with a certified financial planner to develop this plan. He did a good job of distributing my allocation across all accounts, retirement, non-retirement, et cetera. But what was interesting is that he put most of the bond and even some short-term cash reserves into the 401k portion. Mm -hmm. And the stock portion is all in the non-retirement account. And I'm curious, is that a reasonable allocation? I've been this way for obviously about 13 years now, and it's it, what's done is done. But it, does that seem odd? No, it's not odd. It's it's a very specific um, belief system, which is, and there are a lot of advisors who do this. Okay, so it's it, it's very interesting. It is basically premised on the idea that bonds and bond funds distribute income. Income is taxable at your ordinary tax bracket. So why not push income-producing assets into retirement accounts versus in non-retirement accounts? You're in a high tax bracket. You were probably when they were doing this in a much you were in a higher tax bracket, which is funny. But you know, if you're now in the, let's say you're in the 24% tax bracket, it's a little bit less of a uh, a problem. But I think it's a, it's perfectly reasonable. Okay. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. I always get this sort of pit in my stomach feeling when I start hearing about people putting uh, large growth funds into their uh, retirement accounts and thinking, well, it feels like I'm sort of oddly allocated across. No, no, it's, it okay. is not. It is not that. I don't, absolutely not. Don't worry about that. Okay. Terrific. Uh, that, that's, All right. a, that's a big relief. Good. Well, I'm glad I could be a relief to you. This is fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, you can retire when you're 62, although we think you're going to work part-time. I have the sense. Okay. And, um, and you are uh, really on track. By the way, how about leaving the Bay Area and take some of that money out of that house? Uh, you know what? Uh, we are thinking of retiring. Uh, don't tell people up north about this, but we've got our eye on Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon's great, but isn't Washington State better because there's no state income tax? We've thought about that, but uh, we've, we've been through both states and we just get this, you know, better feel when we're in Oregon. It's Because you know why? You like coffee. You're really, you're really into coffee. Portland's not a cheap housing market, but it's cheaper than the Bay Area. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're thrilled to, 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 you know, cheapen our expenses to go to Portland of all places. And Isn't that's how bad the Bay Area is. Yeah, no kidding. Well, listen, I wish you the best. Give us a holler back if you need any help. But James, you're in great shape. You and your wife have done a fantastic job. And uh, also very happy that the kids are launched. I always like to hear that because we don't hear enough of that. 
All right. If you want to be like James, all you have to do is send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. If you're on the website because you've signed up for our free weekly newsletter or you've just, you know, basically bookmarked it because you just want to be there all the time, there's a contact button. And you click on the contact button, you tell us what your question is, but more importantly, tell us if you're willing to come on the air because it's so much better. All right. Getting to the midweek here. It's very exciting. People are getting vaccinated. It's all good. Let's not let our guard down. Okay. This is the, this is a critical time. I feel like we are in the red zone, Mark, of, of this whole pandemic. And there's someone who's willing to do something dopey in the red zone. So let us not be too aggressive in the red zone. We are almost there. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and please do something nice for someone else today. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.